folks, what's up? Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports budget information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Bet online presents the Boss Man Show on your radio. Many years, alcoholic covering the Falcons now with Believe Network, same where I met. Believe, do you believe? Hashtag do that, do that for us. Bet online is sponsor of our show as well. It's my man, William McFadden. William, what's up, brother? How you doing? Representing our Falcons, I see you over there, brother. Yeah, rise up. What's up, JR? How you doing, man? It's all good, man. All good here. It's almost Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, looking forward to a little some little days off here. The Hawks playing tonight. So great, great, great time here in ATL, man. It is. It's cold. It's a little cold for my liking, uh, but no, it's it's been so much fun sports-wise, not necessarily Falcons-wise, but the Hawks have, uh, you know, most nights given me something else to think about, so I've, that's been much appreciated. Now, what am I going to ask you this, man? I, I'll be honest with you, brother. I, I didn't think we'll be having four wins this point of the season looking at the roster. I'm shocked we're four and six. Um, before the season started, do you see us being four and six at this point in the season? Are you, are you shocked and surprised the way I am? At this point in the season, I think I did see four and six coming. But what I will say, and I will big or add a big caveat to that, I saw the four games kind of coming right here, right now. And so I think that I saw the Falcons winning at least two of their last three games instead of losing two of their last three games. And so the fact that the Falcons sit at four wins, you know, through 10 games, I I think that sounds about right. It's just very disappointing given that the last two games have felt so winnable and they both ended up as, as losses. Now, obviously the chargers game was actually winnable. The Panthers game, they had no shot at ever winning and they should have never deserved to win that game based on how they played. But still, both of those being losses, I think coming out of the first eight games and being four and four, I think that being four and six is a disappointment. But going into the year, I think four and six sounded about right, which is probably why it's disappointing. 
and I may well say we should be six and four. Looking at New yep. Orleans and Tampa Bay, if it wasn't for Jerome Bogus screwing us in Tampa, and week week one, I would say even six and four should be the record right now, rather than four and six. And that's why you don't let those games slip away, right? That is why in week one, when we kind of come out of that, and yeah, it's week one, and we're gonna say you know, it's it's early. There's they showed a lot of good. That fourth quarter was bad, but they're gonna clean it up. Honestly, when you look back, every NFL team has three or four games where they're like, these couple of things, if they had just gone differently, we're looking at a totally different record. The Falcons, I don't think we all expected for them to be in a position where they could say that. But now that they are, we are looking back at that fourth quarter against New Orleans. We are looking back at that call against Tampa Bay. You know, we are looking back at, Drake London's fumble against the Chargers game or, or in the Chargers game. We are looking at some of these very close calls that probably should have gone the other way. Now, that being said, the Carolina win probably should have gone the other way. So it always kind of falls on either side, but the Falcons should have taken care of business in a couple of games. And now they're sitting here, maybe kicking themselves because of it. And you know what? I'm as happy to overachieve, to be honest with you, because I, I I feel like it was a loss year with all the Matt Ryan dead cap, Julio Jones dead cap, and Deion Jones dead cap. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a Falcons team working with less than a third of, of the cap to fill yeah. out a roster. So you got guys here who Terry Fondo and Arthur Smith can say, hey, if you play your butt off, you may be here next year, be part of this program we're building here. So I think for a lot of guys, it's a great opportunity for these guys. It's kind of the process, but we're actually winning games in the process per se. I wish I wish more fans had that mindset. Like, yes, yes, you're totally right. And it's why coming into this year, you know, I was telling Ovi Mahaley, uh, my, my co-host who, you know, is with me every uh, Sunday night to recap the games. This was all, only a year about finding answers. Like, that's all that this year was supposed to be is there are a lot of question marks. Who on this roster can be an answer? moving forward because this offseason is really when they're going to get all of that dead cap that you mentioned off the books. Matt Ryan is far and away their most expensive player this year, and he's playing for the Colts and sometimes just sitting on the bench for the Colts. So it is insane the amount of money that they have locked up in players that are not playing for this team. Yet they're still four and six. They're still one game out of the NFC South. That is a testament to everything else in this organization. So as much as fans feel frustrated with Arthur Smith at times, or, you know, I'm sure that it, in some corners of Falcons nation, they're pointing to the talent on this roster and they're saying, we need more players. Why aren't we being more active? All of that stuff. They're really hamstrung. And so for them to be where they are, I think speaks to why the future should be so bright. Year three is going to be big, but I think that the mindset that you have, is exactly where most fans need to be. And that is four and six at this point, being competitive at this point, being a game out of the lead in the NFC South, and at least being relevant is awesome. We get to talk about an exciting matchup this week with Justin Fields and Chicago and all that stuff, and not just say they're already out of the playoffs. They probably are, which is why I think you're starting to see some people turn the page already mentally and look at Desmond Ritter, at least wondering why the Falcons aren't. But in the Falcons' minds, they're right in the mix of this, and everything else is kind of gravy. 
And I think they are finding a lot of answers for the future. Um, and I think it's an exciting future here in Atlanta. Oh, yes. And the running game with Huntley and Algier yeah. and Cordero Patterson. I'm like, hey, Avery Williams, you we have a running back stable right now. We get the line going good. You know, get Marcus Mariota to make some timely throws when he needs to and not throw the ball from his butt. We're okay. Like, we have a running game to build on for years to come, man. And the fans, I feel like sometimes, William, they get too caught up in immediate immediate gratification. Like, let's just let it play out and see, see what's going to be year three and four of Smith and Fondo. I, I hope I'm getting this uh, stat correct, and I believe that I am, but – the Falcons I saw uh, in the in the Falcons media release uh, earlier this week that Atlanta is the first team in NFL history to have four players with at least 250 rushing yards in the first 10 games of the season. And that would obviously be Cordero Patterson, Marcus Mariota, Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier are those four players. So the Falcons are still being productive. They're finding ways to be very productive and they are getting production from some players who, you know, may not be household names, but maybe they are when there's talent around them, when things are not necessarily fully dependent on them. I think Avery Williams, not necessarily from what he's done as a running back standpoint, but he is far and away by, I think, like five yards, the NFL leader and punt return average this season. He's the only player in the league to not have a return, go for at least five yards, sorry, Every one of his returns have gone for at least five yards. He's the only player in the NFL to have that kind of achievement so far this season. So that's a year two player. That's a former cornerback who has transferred over to the offensive side of the ball. Now he was always brought here with special teams in mind, but if this is a six and four team and the lead in the NFC South and kind of pushing for a playoff spot, I think we're talking and we're afforded more room to talk about a player like Avery Williams or a player like Richie Grant or Isaiah Oliver, who has played pretty well in, in recent weeks. Instead, this team has performed poorly and we all kind of have to focus on the quarterback situation. Uh, so that is where I'm always going to try to shine a little bit of light on the guys that I think are playing well in bad scenarios because the, the space and the air and the room is all sucked up usually by just a handful of people. And that's not what this year is about. That's not like the goal of, of this team. They're going to say they want to be competitive. They want to win games. This is about finding answers for the future. And there are a lot of answers if you know where to look for this Falcons team. And so that's what I'm trying to shed a little bit of light on. And you're doing a good job of it, man. I will say this too to the fans out here. I said, look, we should be happy with what we see. And Art Smith's not going to go to Marcus Mariota and the, the, the Ritter until we're out of it for good. Like, forget that's what he's going to do. I'll try to tell fans on the show, William, that, hey, look, he, that he's not going to bench him until we're out of it for good. That's when we'll see Des Desmond Ritter. And I wish fans would understand every week. JR, but, but I said, it's not going to happen this week. Not until we're out of it for good. He told them the same thing, William. I can broke the work every week, brother. I'm sick of it. He told them what I'm telling them too, brother. <laughs> I think it. I think it will come – perhaps before like mathematical elimination, but as soon as they, it becomes clear that, all right, this team is not the team that it used to be or the contending team for the playoffs with Marcus Mariota. I think if there's another really bad game from him and it's fair to say that he's had two bad games, like it's totally fair to say that Marcus Mariota has played poorly and 
in a lot of ways has cost the Falcons. Uh, certainly maybe that Chargers game if he hits Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Pitts has some responsibility on that play as well. Like the, the synchronization with those two has not been where it's at. And that's not just a totally one-sided deal, but he's played poorly, Marcus Mariota. And I think with another bad game, then, all right, you may not mathematically be eliminated from playoff contention, but for all intents and purposes, if Marcus Mariota continues to play the way that he has, which would then at that point be three games, and that's a trend, like you're not turning that around. That is where I think you may see a change. Now, does it come right after this Bears game or does it come kind of after that? I don't know, but that may be when the decision kind of internally is made. Let's start preparing him for when that happens. But I think the key thing here is that the coaching staff sees both of these quarterbacks every single day. I have yet to hear that he that Arthur Smith thinks that Marcus Mariota is a great option at quarterback for the Falcons. He's not saying that. He is saying they think Marcus Mariota gives them the best chance to win. So it's not like he is under any sort of belief that, that Marcus Mariota is Drew Brees or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, you know, like not that type of player. It's not a Jalen Hurts. It's just that right now he's better than whatever version they're seeing from Desmond Ritter. If they're still trying to win games and make the playoffs, and I believe at least this week they should be because they're just one game out of the NFC South. Marcus Mariota, for what he has shown throughout the course of the season, still gives you that best chance to win because of what he's able to do kind of pre-snap, running the ball in situations. He's not going to get flustered by certain things. I think once that changes, and maybe that's this week, when they are two games out and it becomes a little bit more difficult, then maybe that is when you see them turn the page and say, okay, the goal here is no longer reaching the playoffs. The goal now is learning about next year. Let's go ahead and put Desmond Ritter in. But they're all aware of all of this. <laughs> I mean, nobody is under more pressure to get this particular decision correct more than Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot in this organization. So for as much as everybody else is stressing about it, I guarantee you it is what they are talking about um, a lot of time as well. Now, William, are you hearing this from Falcons Nation? Because I'm hearing it sometimes. We should have drafted Justin Fields rather than Kyle Pitts. I'm like, that's just old news. We can't focus on something that's already happened. He's playing well now. Luke gets he's playing his strength, but I'm not ready to say we should have drafted him over Kyle Pitts because that's the reason's history. Last year, we wouldn't have said that. So that's what I, that's what I say this year. I mean, three weeks ago, I don't think we would have said that. He's had a, an amazing last few weeks because the offense seems to really kind of figured out the right, you know, you have uh, bunny ears on your TV back in the day. You got to move them just right to get that frequency that you're looking for. Yes. That's kind of what they've done with Justin Fields. It's they're tinkering, they're figuring it out, and now they seem to have found something. And maybe it's just a little bit of coaching advice. Maybe it's like, hey, dude, we know you're trying to look downfield. We know you're trying to prove that you can pass in this league. We don't care about that. If there's pressure in your face, if your first and second read's not there, you're more dangerous running the ball. Just go. Like they, it, it could have been something as small as, as that whispered in his ear by the head coach or, or something. But they figured out the right way to use him right now. Now, I think that Arthur Smith probably would have figured out how to use Justin Fields a long time ago. That being said, he is clearly somebody who values athleticism at the quarterback position, but that is not as we are seeing 
the only thing that this offense requires. And we've also, I think, yet to see the best version of Kyle Pitts, which I think is even greater than what we saw last year as Matt Ryan. Uh, and it's certainly better than than what we've seen this year with with Marcus Mariota, because as a rookie over a thousand yards, like we know what he can be as a as a main receiving option. When he does get paired with a young quarterback who's got ability and, and hopefully that's here in Atlanta. But I think that he is going to prove that that he is worth that pick, even if it's taking a little bit of time, just because Justin Fields has had a couple of big weeks and we'll see if that becomes you know, a handful of big weeks here against Atlanta on Sunday, and I'm terrified of Justin Fields. It's still a little bit of a one trick pony thing for me where I'm not ready to say that, you know, Justin Fields is is a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, I don't know if really anybody from that quarterback class has totally taken off yet uh, to the point where I'm ready to say that the Falcons missed out on a, on a quarterback there. Same here, man. I, I got to see more of it. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering would Dean Pease spy him some? I saw that last week Detroit spied him some, and that gave him some trouble where he couldn't escape the pocket as much. Or do they do it with, with Kyler Murray kind of at cage rush to kind of keep him in that pocket where he can't get away. So let's see what Dean Pease and the defense does with him for the rush lanes and keep that integrity. I let him have a run up and down Mercedes-Benz Stadium field on Sunday here. That's a, that's a great question because it's one that I um... – was talking with uh, Mike Rothstein of ESPN a little bit about and just trying to get his his thought because I, I basically was just like, who is the fastest player on this Falcons defense? Because I think they're going to spy Justin Fields. So, like, who would you put him with? Is that Richie Grant? Is that Michael Walker? Is it Lorenzo Carter? Is it, you know, who? Troy Anderson is is somebody who he mentioned who I hadn't thought of who is an interesting choice for that. He's you know, obviously a super fast 4-4-4, I believe, at, at linebacker. Uh, big, strong, can make those tackles. He has been a little bit hit and miss for me this year. Um, so I think that that's a pretty tall ask to just have a player like him spy. What I think you will end up seeing is is more what you said about what we've seen with Kyler Murray. And it is kind of what Mike was steering me in the direction towards is maybe you see more linebackers on the field. Maybe you're going to see more of these nickel packages and where I think the lions started to have more success with Justin Fields in the second half of that game is caging him in. We're not going to try to rush and get him and you're going to have one guy break through, but then he can get around him and there's a big lane right behind that rusher. I think you're going to see them try to stay even, not allow him to get inside or outside and kind of make him get rid of the ball. Justin Fields having the ball in his hand is the most dangerous part of that offense. Make him get rid of the ball, whether it's this read option and they have to hand it off. I, Khalil Herbert going on IR sucks for him, sucks for the Bears. Awesome for the Falcons because he is very, very dangerous. So I would much rather see the ball not in Justin Fields' hands. And I think the player who is going to be really key to watch early in this game as to what are the Falcons going to do with Justin Fields is Grady Jarrett. Because Grady Jarrett can get in the backfield as quick as anybody in this league if he isn't. And if he's not trying to, then I think that will tell us a lot about what the Falcons are going to try to do against Justin Fields. And maybe that does show, all right, they're going to try to hem him in, cage him in, instead of just get to him as quickly as possible. And, you know, they have Claypool and Mooney. They don't scare me. So I could see them even maybe loading up the box some against him. It's a daring you to go one-on-one with these guys on the outside because 
Claypool has been has shown me that I got he's a world beater. He just Mooney, so it commits been good for him in the middle of the field. But I, I don't their receivers don't scare me one bit. Now with Herbert out, like Justice, it's all on you, brother. Have fun. I I think that AJ Terrell coming back is going to be a big thing, or at least expected to maybe be back. I, I'm not gonna I'm not reporting anything here. It's not been confirmed that he's coming back or anything like that, but he did return to practice in a limited fashion. I don't know if the Falcons, who have been pretty cautious with a lot of their injuries this year, you know, let's remember there are a lot of players still on IR uh, who we all expected to have big years this year. Damian Williams, Marlon Davidson, uh, Jalen Mayfield just came off of IR and started his window of practice. So they've been pretty cautious on an injury standpoint him returning to practice, I would expect him to be back out there on Sunday. Maybe that does change the way that the Falcons decide to play, but they have tended to not rush the passer, load the box uh, so far this season. Usually they are going to kind of move safeties around. They're going to try to confuse the quarterback in the passing game a little bit more, but the bears are not a good passing offense at all. Dead last in the league, number one rushing. So the Falcons are a little bit, up against kind of their own medicine here. And how do they play that? Having A.J. Terrell back probably does make them feel a little bit more comfortable if they do decide to play man on the back end and really hem in Justin Fields. But again, I don't know if that's necessarily going to lead to a bigger box. I think what you're going to see is maybe more press coverage. And I think what you're going to see, but but even then, I'm like, I'm as I'm talking, I'm thinking of all these different counter arguments for what I'm saying, because in man defense, you don't want these defenders, these defensive backs to turn their back to the quarterback. You want them eyeing the quarterback. So that leads me to think more zone. And generally, the Falcons have not been a big zone blitzing team. They will send simulated pressure, but they're going to drop back Arnold Levicati, and then they're going to rush Michael Walker. And it's going to still be four guys coming at you, but there's going to be seven in coverage. I think you're still going to see some of that, maybe with a coordinated blitz. But if it's a blitz, I would expect an outside blitz to not let Justin Fields get around you and then get the edge. So that's a whole lot to to throw at you for for what was a relatively routine question. I have a tendency to do that. Sorry about it. Now, but... brother, as a former <laughs> wide receiver, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. As a, I'm like, as you, a don't, former... you don't want to turn your back to Justin Fields here. You nah, want, nah, nah, all, nah, you nah, want you 11 know. eyes on him. No doubt. You know, I can say, you know, I was just – you know, I know Pease, I, I covered him with the Titans a little bit too. So I know he used to kind of bring some anxiety blitzes too. So I'm like, you know, I can say maybe mix him up here every now and again. But you're right. You want to turn your back to Justin Fields and play any kind of man coverage about a spy. You know, maybe uh, <laughs> two man with a spy. You know, if you keep the running back, <laughs> yeah. you know, something like that, you know, or rush three with a spy. You know, all about women, all about. <laughs> from college football that I played, man. It's so fun to talk this kind of stuff with you, man. And last one I got to play with was this, brother. Yeah. Who are some guys who need a big last seven games of the season to, to, to be here next year, in your opinion? Ooh, to be here. Okay. Um, while I think about that, let me let me give you the one player that I think can really ascend the most with a big final seven games. And then I'll give you the kind of one-year contract guys that I that I think need to have that. So <clears throat> Arnold Ebicati, I really, really think if he has three or four sacks kind of to close this year, he will really ascend into the kind of category of players where maybe Richie Grant was this past offseason of guys who going into year two that 
like they're number one on your list that you want to see them take a jump. And if they take a jump, then it's going to be huge for this team because he is far and away has the most pressure pressures of any rookie um, edge rusher in this year's uh, or in 2022 among uh, rookies. So again, Trayvon Walker, uh, George Karloftis, um, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, all those big names, they're all below Arnold Abicati in terms of pressures. He just needs to convert those into sacks. Now, that's not the biggest thing in the world, um, but I think that in the minds of fans, like if he starts getting the quarterback on the ground, it will solidify this awesome rookie year that he's had even more concretely, and then you'll generate that buzz. So I think he would be best served by having kind of a huge end of the season because he already has. It's just been a little bit under the radar, and to be a little flashier, I think that's when he'll start generating the buzz that he probably should be already. Now, these one-year contract guys, I think a big end of the year, why not bring back Cordero Patterson? You know, again, if he's if he's already got kind of this good start to the year, the injuries, like maybe you, it's a really tough deal. Um, and I, I know that, like, that's something the team would be very interested in, all of that stuff. Um, so he's one there. I think Elijah Wilkinson has played pretty well on his his one year deal. Um, I don't know where like the Falcons stand on on the offensive line because when it's been together and it's been gelling, it's it's looked good. It just hasn't been solid the last couple of weeks. But a lot of that points to the injuries to Elijah Wilkinson. So this answer is tough because uh, a lot of Terry Fontenot's history has been best player available. So it's sometimes it would be easier to say, all right, here's their biggest need. They have a one-year contract guy. That's where they're going to go on the draft. And then that guy's gone. But is there a great left guard coming out? If there is, then I would say Elijah Wilkinson's probably low on that list because they could have just addressed that right there for the long term. The player that I think I would personally love to see come back is Lorenzo Carter. I think that he has played really, really well in a lot of aspects of the game. He has done a good job generating pressure. He does have some, you know, a few sacks on this year. It's not like he's got nine, 10, 11 sacks, but he is effective at kind of making his presence felt in the backfield. And really the thing that he does, if you watch just play in a play out, he sets the edge so hard. He really does a great job of trying to be where he's supposed to be, which is a huge deal in this defense. So he is another guy where I know the production hasn't necessarily been what you would want from like a, a quote unquote, like number one edge rusher, which is what we talked about him as coming into the year. But I think he does the little things very, very well. And the more that the talent around him grows, I think he's going to be that kind of like fourth or fifth guy on a defense that come playoff time. Like those are the guys that make a difference in whether or not you win or lose. It's usually not like your stars because teams try to mitigate them. They make you try to beat them with your fourth or fifth option on like offense or defense. And I think he is very, very good if that is the role he's in. Sounds good, my brother. But folks, follow William on Twitter. Believe in Atlanta the Falcons podcast, Obi Mahaley. He's also a Falcoholic. Been watching him for years. I've I've been seeing you around the around the bay doing your work, brother. I've been a fan of yours for a long time, man. So gotta get a ticket to the show, brother. It's gonna do again real soon, man. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. Uh you know where to find me, but I really appreciate the kind words and uh I enjoyed our conversation. Same here, brother. Let's do this again, brother. Let's do it. All right. Folks, what's up? Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. 
you'll always find the latest odd team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports budget information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Bet online presents the Boss Man Show on your radio. <laughs> 